Hello, fags, and welcome to another episode of Normal But Not As We Know It. My name's Adam Jacobs, and this is the podcast that asks the question, how new is our new normal, and what is new worthy? Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of uh, Normal But Not As We Know It, and it's particularly not as we know it tonight, because this is a very unique situation that's unfolding here, and I would like you all very much to take the time to enjoy the journey with us, because I'm reconnecting with an old friend. Now, many people have said that, and they've made attempts to do it in the past, but how long we were literally just talking, and we've only shared since this uh, absence since it's since it's gap i've only shared about 15 words just now so you're really getting in the deep end of this uh, reconnection here but yes how long has it been charles uh well i think it's about 40 years because oh, uh, i i left bernie uh probably nine years of age and uh so what are we now we're we're 47 nearly 48 so that's going that sounds, on forty years. That does sound about right. I I was looking at the what you had shared because what we have here is we have a photo of us when we were at primary school, and that's a year four photo, and that was in nineteen eighty. And it's weird because we were definitely children of the eighties, and I don't know about you, but reflecting back on it now. I kind of felt like we were at the cutting edge in a way. We were part of the the tech generation that were were able to come to terms with a, with an electronic sort of age a little bit more so than the people who were maybe even four or five years um, ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. Did you get did you get a sense of that? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean. You know, I remember playing with video games back in the 80s, you know, the, yep. the kind of ones that you sit down at and it was Pac-Man and, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, Space Invaders and then and then there were these handheld things. Um, they were. And then, uh, and then I, I remember being in Bernie and Dad saying to Mum, I'm going to buy a computer. Oh and that gosh. would have been... <laughs> I mean, that, that would have been, you know, around that time. It's like, you know, what the hell is a computer? I, you know? Yeah. Wow. I remember my father, who he came home from, I suppose, what was a rather indulgent trip to Hong Kong, of all places. But back in those days, it was where you could go to get some really bargain prices on tech. And he came home with a yeah. video camera, and the video camera had a separate unit for the tape, so it wasn't an all-in-one, uh, you know, proposition. And that that was I just felt like, you know, we had we had gone to a totally to a new planet, you know, it was just incredible. <laughs> but before we go much further into all, into all this, we'll have to say that yes, uh, Charles and I, folks, we grew up in a tiny little place, and that's not. I mean, you're living in Japan now, and there are some tiny little places in Japan. It's a place where they still refer to things as villages and stuff, I'm sure. But you're also in a highly dense, densely populated area too, I'm sure. But Bernie, in terms of isolation and also population, is kind of a tiny little place. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I actually went on Google and, and did a bit of research about Bernie and... You know, I think they have a population now of 22,000. Um, it was probably less when we were there. Um, yep. Everyone yep. everyone knew each other, right? You'd walk down the street and you'd just know people. You um, would. And as a child, as a kid, though, that gave you a false sense of what the, you know, what the real world is actually like. And I suppose a lot of people who grow up in Tasmania do have a... A, uh, a distorted view of how, I guess, the world works in terms of, um, you know, bigger bigger cities and, and this sense of, of there being a, a pockets of, of community. But we never really had a sense of that. We just all just knew that we were all Tasmanian and, and, and that's the way it was. 
Yeah, I mean, especially at our, you know, the age that we knew each other, um, you know, our world was burning and it was basically school and, uh, you know, the, the dead end street that we lived in, occasional forays into the centre of town. Yeah, very far away. And it, but it wasn't it wasn't a thing to do. Like you didn't go into. No one was rushing into the mall in in Burnie. Well, not that there was one. <laughs> yeah, it was. It probably wasn't a very happening place. I guess. Um, no. I, I probably did because Mum had a shop. I don't know if you. Remember, oh, that's she, right. Oh my god. She, <laughs> she, she had oh my a, god. She had a, a Malaysian batik shop, um, which would have been pretty exotic for Bernie back in those days. It was like a, a, a bazaar. <laughs> it was. You walked in and it had a, a smell about it. Like, you know, it, it smelled exotic as soon as you walked in. The, yes. Um, I remember that smell being a little bit uh, the way I would describe your house too. Oh, really? <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, I mean, I found it a pleasant smell. Don't get me wrong. But mum brought her work home. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that's right. And um, incense. I mean, there was probably oh. a smell of incense, uh, I guess. That's beautiful. Um, and that, I suppose that one shop was Bernie's claim to multiculturalism. Yeah, well, uh, I would you think. know. Yeah, I mean, back in those days, Bernie was, uh, I mean, you wouldn't have called it multicultural, um, but you probably wouldn't call that call it now. I mean, I'm not sure when was the last time you went back, but it's... Uh, no, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, don't know if, I don't know if I've ever been back, to be honest. Really? I, I can't recall going back and being, having a sense of things... As I as I am now, you know what yeah. I mean. Like they, you get to a point not soon after uh, we were separated. Oh gosh, it's, I'm going to get emotional. Uh, <laughs> not soon yeah. after that, you do you tend to start looking at the world and and you have that a critical eye and you you understand that there are layers and what have you and and I suppose you you're getting into you're getting into uh, adolescence and and you end up forming a sort of, um, uh, you know, lens through which you look at things. You know? And I, I yeah. don't remember um, taking the sort of the, the mature version of that with me back to, to Bernie, uh, really. It's, um, and I can't, yeah, I must have been, because, I mean, you know, I went to Hobart, then I went to Launceston for the university, and then moved yeah. moved to the Big Island when I was about, well, I must have been about 23 or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, no, it's strange. I I have a, a bit of a different recollection of Melbourne, of, of Bernie, I'm sure, because you left sometime before I did. Uh, but, yeah, I still remember it as, as, the, as the kid that I was, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I guess I was there living next to you from the ages of six until nine years of age. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'd lived on a small sheep farm outside of Burnie, Elliot. I mean, maybe that name rings a bell. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that living on a, a sheep farm you know, it's probably dad's thing, but it definitely wasn't mum's thing. Oh, really? And I don't think so. But, mm. I mean, uh, yeah, moving into town was kind of a, a step in the right direction for mum in terms of where she preferred to be. I mean, dad had certainly enjoyed being out on the farm. And for me, I mean, you know, I remember, you know, I mean, it was just myself and brother and sister out in the middle of nowhere with sheep around, you know. And yeah. um, I remember amusing myself by jumping off a, a tree stump uh, yeah. quite a number of times, you know, when you're <laughs> two years of age or three years of age. I mean, that was one of my earliest memories. 
Um, I mean, so in Tasmania, in Tasmania, families would put a, a bow around the tree, and it would be the Christmas gift. You know, <laughs> yeah. It would be here, here, son. You know, we we thought we could officially make it yours because, well, <laughs> yeah. you certainly know how to use it. So, yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly used it. There I was in my nappies. scrambling up and jumping down going up and jumping down again but yeah at the age of six we moved to into town next to you and uh, you know it was was kind of idyllic you know that uh court there you know it was yes it was a it was an idyllic time and you and i found each other pretty quickly yeah well i mean I, i was just trying to work out i mean because your mother used to pick us uh, you know yourself, your sister, and me up every day from school. Yes, and then look after me until my older sister came home. So she was she would have been in high school then, and um, you know it was probably an hour or so before she came back. So we used to kind of muck around together. Yeah, um, but I I just I was trying to think how it came about. Um, you know, I mean, did did my parents just go to your parents and say, "Oh, do you mind looking after our son for an hour until my his sister comes home"? I, uh, I, mean, I, you know, now that you mention it, it's only because you mention it, and this is some of the the beautiful things that happen. I think when you are tiptoeing down Amnesia Lane, uh, I remember there being some awkward kind of hey. I'm your neighbour, this is my son, and then mum going, oh, no worries, oh, this is my son, he's the same age, and then and then us two, us looking at each other, thinking, you know, there's an expectation now that, that we, we bond in some sort of uh, manly way that uh, is indicative of, uh, you know, uh, romantic notions of boyhood. Uh, I... I remember feeling a little bit awkward. I can't picture it though. Some reason I think it might have been at our front door. Yeah. Yeah, and I I guess that's yeah. and it, I, it was one of the only few times that your dad came down to the house. Right. Because I don't think it, there was there was not a lot of that sort of contact between the parents our parents as such. It was more definitely the bridge that we built because I mean hey. Who's, if anyone's going to build a bridge, it's Charles and Adam. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, uh, and we did with Lego. I mean, the the connection might have been school. Once uh, once my parents worked out that we were going to the same school, yeah. perhaps. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I remember your mother coming and picking us up every day and Oh, I loved it. It would have been a classic 50s Holden or something like that. It, it was a HR ally. <laughs> <laughs> it, had the, it had the bench seat at the front and it had the same bench seat at the back. Yeah, it was a big, big red yeah, bench seat. That's the one. It? That's the one. The old grey yeah. HR with, with a bit of rust. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. She loved that car. She was a real caraholic over that thing. Holden, I wasn't impressed with that. I was always a Ford person for some reason, but she she absolutely right. loved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my uh, fondest memories was um, probably my first adventure, and that was with you. And we somehow convinced your mother that it would be a good idea for us to walk home by ourselves <laughs> from school. <laughs> yeah. Do oh, you yeah. remember that? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I, you know, I think she reluctantly agreed. And um, mm. so I remember the day. You know, it was it was a warm day. It was um, sunny, wow. and you know, we started off from school, and it was basically down the what was the high the Bass Highway. Was the it? Bass Highway. That's right, right along the coast. And in our eyes, it was a it was a eight lane expressway. I mean, it was the main. It was huge. You know. You didn't go anywhere yeah. near the Bass Highway. You certainly didn't play on it or anything like that. Um, it's only a two-lane little pipsqueak of a thing, really. But yeah, that that we had to walk literally the line of that of that main road. There was no need for deviation. Yeah, no, it was very difficult to get lost. Mm. Um, 
but I, I thought I'd get on Google Maps and, and see how far it actually was. And because, uh, I mean, my recollection of it was, you know, it's, oh, you know, this is going to take a few hours. And, um, <laughs> it's a real, real expedition. It was actually a kilometre and a half. And, and the funny thing was... You have we, skied, we you've, up... you've skied longer, longer runs. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, we, we started off and, um, you know, usual cars, you know, coming past us. And we noticed out of the corner of our eye coming behind us was this grey 50s vehicle. Yeah, and there was your mother, and she was <laughs> yeah. she was keeping an eye on us from a, a distance. Um, yeah, yeah, being stalked <laughs> by your own mum only in Tasmania. This sort of thing happens, but no, yeah. I do remember that. I, I yeah, and it was it was a, I mean, it was a a, a, a significant time that time that three didn't. To sort of, I guess we were nine, maybe not that old when you left, was it? Yeah, I was. I was nine. So nine, yeah, um, nine. And it was. Yeah. It's like there's lots that you I can recall from that time. Like not much before that, obviously. Uh, things after that sort of get a bit blurry too, because my, the family unit where I was situated uh, started to break down, and and there wasn't right. a lot of pleasant things to kind of uh, attach, you know, memories to. And, you know, your memories rather are going to be pushed to one side or they're going to, they're going to attach and live vividly uh, uh, onto positive things. And so, yeah, it's funny that you should recount some of these things because they're alive in my head still, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, an, another kind of cool memory I had was uh, playing because we lived on a hill, and so it's great for billy carts. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all had billy carts. Remember, there was um, Andrew, who, who was a bit older than us. He lived up the top of the road. Yeah. And then the, there was the Smiths. And I, I think we all <laughs> had... Smiths. We all had our <laughs> billy carts. And um, I remember you, you, you had a go-kart. You know, yeah, you 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 had a motorized billy car. Yeah, uh, it did. Yeah, and uh, you know your uh, your listeners may not know, but you were you were a budding racer when you know you were only six or seven. Six That's or right. Seven or yeah, eight years of age. You start you start uh, at seven racing go karts, and you are in a junior category all the way through to when you're twelve. And uh, my last year when I was twelve. Uh, I I won the the state championships. I was I was did you fully fledged? Yeah, I was a fully fledged wow. uh, motorhead. Uh, I I had to deal with a couple of things along the way. I was a bit aggressive in some of the corners, and I had I had two three protests put a, put right. against me during my racing career. Uh, yeah, which is the big thing because that's people who pay twenty bucks to make those protests, and but I never. I never got penalised, but um, at the end of the day, I was somewhat, uh, somewhat um, eager. Uh, but for, yeah. for whatever reason, it's more to do with the way the family situation was. Uh, I never really pursued it. I was still a big fan of motorsport. But that's funny yeah. that you should remember that because we did have all this sort of leftover bits and pieces from all the go-kart stuff. And it did end up going into billy carts and stuff like that. And, uh, right. and there was some... Yeah, there's some Frankenstein sort of, you know, monsters made, and and we used to fly down that hill. And that I don't think, I think Google would even tell you that that hill is probably not recommended for kids of around eight years of age to go flying down. It's just it was pretty steep. Yeah, well, I, I didn't have brakes on my my <laughs> 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 I had to kind of swerve to one side into someone's garden to stop. Oh gosh, I remember that, and that and that uh, block at the front of our place was vacant for ages, and we used to go down that into that block. I think didn't we? Because right. I think after maybe after you left, uh, uh, was it? Do you remember a, a Rodney Jones? Or I shouldn't mention people's no. names, but. 
he, another family associated with the school, I guess I was at high school at that stage, they built a house down there, but for a long time it was it was empty. And we used to, I remember maybe that was you flying off down onto the grass there. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, probably the only day I've spent at any sort of motor racing event was when, um, I went. I accompanied you to the racetrack. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I was sitting in the front with you, and I remember you saying, "See, so you're going to have a go, aren't you?" <laughs> and, and I, I was totally taken aback because mm. I just, I thought I'd be just watching on, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, at seven years of age, I was trying hard to think of some sort of excuse to get me out of it. And, and I was wearing a, a, a knit jumper, knitted jumper that my grandmother had made for me. And it had stripes? And I something, I, oh, I can't remember, but I said something lame like, oh, I'm, I'm wearing my grandma's best, best sweater. I don't think I can get in a go-kart. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, you know, after watching you hurling around the track, I still remember your, uh, you had a, a number plate, 3A. Remember that? That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because I, well, I think. Why was it three? I mean, A for Adam, I guess, but three, I don't know, three. But anyway, um, after watching you and your race, yeah. I think you did pretty well. Um, yeah, I was put in into your go-kart and, you know, it was basically. Yeah, that's the accelerator. That's the brake. <laughs> Go for it. You know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think I can almost remember that because I remember looking at you and we were the same size. I don't know. How tall are you now? Uh, I'm 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. Okay, so I'm six foot. So we were sort of the same size. You might have been a little bit, even a little bit longer maybe with me then but I remember looking at that picture because I because I always had photos of myself you know the family yeah loved it and there was also this very strange man who used to turn up to all the go-karting events and take photos of the families and then wander around selling the photos to all the families a very weird thing so we had yeah. we had these mounds of photos and all I'd see myself in these action shots you know scooting around corners and I remember looking at the card and I can picture it now just because you're mentioning it and seeing myself <laughs> riding around in my cart, but yeah. my, my hands and well, my, my wrists and the bits exposed my neck and stuff was, was a different color, which is the other thing we should mention to people now is that Charles is, I am white as the day is long, essentially, yeah. but Charles. <laughs> yeah. No, that was Charles in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I managed to get around the track and, uh, well, safely enough, I guess I didn't, I didn't stack or anything. Yeah. Um, but afterwards we were playing, uh, you know, everything had finished and we were just playing on the track and, and someone had a scooter. Um, and you know, I got on this scooter and started going down the hill and came off Yeah. and banged my head, remember? And I ended up with this with this, you know, big bump on my head. And, um, you know, I think it was, you know, your parents written. <laughs> oh, you know, he's just got a, a bit of a lump on his head, but it wasn't from the go-karting. It was actually just riding a scooter. Yes. Down there. Gosh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. wow. And it was, there, and you had a bit of blood on the knee, I think, or something like that as well. Yeah. I can't remember the blood, yeah. but yeah, I remember, uh, I remember the adults race and, uh, yeah, God, they were going around fast. And, and someone came off the track and, you know, they obviously hurt themselves badly enough for the ambulance to be called. And, yes, um, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were they were pretty full-on days. I mean, you you would go off most weekends or some weekends? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty regular. It was pretty regular. Yeah. Towards the end, it was is getting uh, where well, you couldn't miss a meet, you know, if you wanted to sort of do anything in terms of the, the actual, you know, ongoing competition. And, yeah. Because uh, at that stage, there was, 
I was following the path of, of many who were attempting to make the transition into Formula Ford and then they go into the, into the you know, closed wheel categories and then you get into the supercars and all that sort of stuff, you know. That's what all the... Yeah. It's just like any jock in any sport, you know. They sort of think, yeah. oh, I'll climb yeah. the ladder and, and get... And I, I was in a... I was very well placed to sort of be doing that sort of thing. So yeah. we, we, were, we were away quite a lot, but I don't know how committed I was really and I would have much rather most weekends to just be at home and we used to you know especially if it was raining or something because you and I we used to run we used to run the the little matchbox cars down the gutter when it rained do you remember that <laughs> yeah I would have much yeah. rather have done that and we even play Meccano in your bedroom we'd get the little nuts and bolts and stuff and I think because I was always a Lego guy but you had this Meccano and it's kind of I was I felt like I was Okay, I'll give him his chance. He can have this this opportunity to try and convert me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. But I loved all that stuff. You know, just just keeping it simple and just you and I, and just having normal weekend shit stuff going on instead of all this. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember your garage. You know, it was a. It was. It took up half the kind of space at the bottom of the house, didn't oh, it? Because it was yeah. a two story house. And, you know, I was in awe, basically. It was such a man cave. It was. Um, you, you know, with all the go-karts there. I think there was even a, a race car in there at one time, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a, uh, a production car, which is basically you get to make your own body shape. It's the Le Mans principal car. So you, yeah. you, you, you funnel the car through any sort of... Um, aerodynamic uh, schema that you can think of and then you you produce a, a, a body shape and it's got to meet uh, everything else meets certain standards and and you hit the road so you know it's that it's that category of of racing where the cars don't look like the type of thing people yeah. actually drive or even feel right. safe in but yeah. um so yeah that was that was sitting there that that thing was an absolute bloody missile it was a ridiculous thing uh, yeah they they yeah. It was a V. It was a V. I think it was a six. Maybe it was a six or a V eight. And then at some point, turbos became a big thing, and that that happened in our time. And right. uh, so they put two of them on this thing. And uh, I think the first race at Simmons Plains, it, it it got all bent out of shape in the front end because I think it was just too much power going through it, and a, a steering rod broke. Something happened. And it ended up destroying itself like two hundred meters down the track. And my stepfather at the time. He broke his leg and lost a bit of blood, and and yeah. uh, it was a massive, huge accident. And I was, uh, look at that now, because I used to be intimidated by it. I go in there and thinking, yeah. oh Jesus, who, what sane person is climbing into that thing? And of course, yeah. I was proven correct. Um, no one should have, essentially. But I, yeah, I, you're yeah. right. There was all the carts were all there, all the go karts, and there's always three or four of them sitting around. And you, I don't know, you may have been impressed. I looked at that and just thought, cleaning, just cleaning. More cleaning yeah. for Adam. That's what I looked at. I I, I became a little bit uh, unappreciative, if that's the right word, uh, after a while. But uh, yeah, it was it was an impressive setup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what while you were heading off to these races, um, you know where I was headed on a Saturday. What? Ballet. <laughs> do you remember that oh my god i would mate, have loved doing that so much more <laughs> mate, maybe i i didn't even I tell do you remember i kept that. a secret i don't know but i remember seeing something like because you used to wear you used to wear something for it didn't you well i used to wear these black tights they're the black tights <laughs> i remember that <laughs> Oh my gosh! I remember uh, seeing. So it, I remember seeing them, but I don't think I ever got an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly wasn't off to the football. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess Mum. Um, I was quite busy actually because Mum was sending me to you know piano lessons and yeah. uh, you know tennis lessons, and then there was this ballet and. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it, but didn't appreciate being amongst 
30 girls and I think I was one of the only boys. Maybe there were three boys to about 30 girls. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, were, that was my Saturday mornings <laughs> back in those days. Uh, I mean, we're still at girl germ stage when you're nine, aren't you? Really? God, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was terrible <laughs> around girls right up until... Oh, the end of year seven still, the end of year eight. I was, I was so, point, so hopeless, so hopeless. But I mean, I was really shy. I always felt like I was more shy than you were. And I don't know if how, how much of an extrovert you would consider yourself back then. Oh, no, I was very much introverted and quite shy. So you remember that, I guess. Yes, I do. I remember us both being kind of happy that we'd sort of found someone who yeah. was kind of in the same way, you, you know. I, yeah. I certainly didn't want to draw any attention to myself. And and uh, and I just, and I felt there being an effortless kind of sense of, of, of um, just just friendship and just camaraderie, I suppose. And we give ourselves a, these these objectives during playtime as you would, as you do. And yeah. it was a, just a genuine a sense of, you know, of commitment to the objective. You know, there was this mission-based sort of attitude that we have. It wasn't in, it wasn't at all informed with any sort of ego or or um, outdoing each other in any way. And uh, I, I don't know a time in my life where I can say I felt felt like that again. <laughs> well, it's it's absolutely incredible. We've managed to. I guess there's good things that come out of COVID that that you can <laughs> uh, renew old friendships. And you know, I I was doing some spring cleaning as as you do during the downtime that we've had. Everyone's had, mm. and um, I pulled out this photo. It was actually grade two, so I think it was 1980, grade two. Yeah. And there we were. And you know, I don't think I've lived longer. Uh, you know, in one place as I have at the moment. So, I mean, I, I've moved around a lot, mm. you know, since leaving Tasmania. And, you know, of all the photos that I would have, it's just this random grade two right. Kui primary photo, and, and there we were. And yeah. um, um, I'd managed to make contact with you before that um, via Messenger. And so what I was doing, I was researching the family tree because uh, right. I have rather, rather an unusual surname. It's been quite easy to research my father's side. Um, but then I thought, well, what about some of these people who I've lost contact with? And so I just put in um, Adam Jacobs, Tasmania, and bang, you came up straight away yeah. on Facebook. And yeah. um, so I sent you a message. And I think the question I asked was um, – are you the Adam Jacobs that lived in Turak Court in Burnie back in the early 80s? Yes, it was. Oh, it <laughs> and was. Uh, and you, I think your reply was, um, quite possibly, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I did have, yeah, because you do get a little bit suspicious sometimes. I think I, I play, a, I play a, the safety angle i suppose first when people kind of knock on the door after a long time uh, generally you know you lose lose contact with people um accidentally on purpose a little bit you know yeah. what i mean because you think oh i yeah. don't know if i need to and there were friends even from primary school that i feel genuinely about that who i remember after you left where I think, oh, I don't know if it all worked out quite okay with that dude, and uh, I don't need to knock on that door just to, just just to sort of recount the the tale of woe that has uh, more or less uh, informed his life since. Um, you could just get a feeling sometimes. So yeah, I might have been a little bit a uh, little bit hostile maybe, but out of all the people that I you know would have an open arm, warm embrace. It would have to be you uh, from that period in time, certainly. And even today, I would count my friends on on one hand, less than one hand, uh, if that's possible, if you know what I mean. And uh, and you are like a, the 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 vivid uh, sort of character 
avatar, I suppose, in some sort of strange way that that are kind of measure all my uh, contacts, all my acquaintances that I've had since up against to, to sort of right. to sort of say, okay, you know, who else is just that effortless type of person I can be with, yeah. who who doesn't who doesn't uh, is, I'm not in I'm not in competition with, you know, in some way yeah. with in terms of yeah. the um, ego factors and other other dimensions, you know. Uh, yeah. But absolutely, like I, I just I remember so much from that time, and for only for a three year period, uh, and uh, everything that's happened since uh, doesn't live certainly doesn't live as richly in my mind. Do you uh, you remember that year group? I mean, uh, you know the faces. Yes. I, I guess you would have gone through with them. For a, a, hand, a handful of them, yeah, a little bit further on. And, I mean, as far as I know, a lot of them were setting themselves up to kind of be Tasmanians for life, which many people do. Yeah. And yeah. there was a there was a, one or two that I knew were keen to to see what else was out there, um, but not necessarily in, in, the, in the ways that were uh, healthy, I suppose. But yeah. I, 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 yeah, I systematically kind of, just moved uh, moved along in my own little my own little world, as Mum would describe, and even my wife today would describe, uh, seeking out again this sort of an authentic sort of experience, and and I suppose that was part of my education, landing on the Big Island and realizing, uh, yeah, I might have been a little bit spoiled with my with my friendship with with Charles, but uh, yeah, those those people those people in that photo. Uh, are kind of they're sort of vague you know what I mean yeah yeah well I mean they're, they're certainly vague for me uh, one person who I was friends with uh, strangely enough he ended up in Japan doing yeah. exactly that I told you about this he's yeah. doing exactly the same thing as I'm doing he's uh, I'm on the northern island um, in Hokkaido, he's on the mainland of Honshu, and we're doing exactly the same thing. We're married to Japanese wives, um, and uh, yeah, it's quite bizarre, really, that because the last time I saw him was, you know, probably the last time I saw you. So we we kind of went on our separate paths and and did this semicircle and and ended up in the same country that is really bizarre that's amazing yeah and how yeah. is it that you ended up uh is it is it through your mum that you why why japan uh well you know i i started studying japanese um at that boarding school i was sent to uh so oh, you know in, in the oh. yeah in the, in the primary school years uh, you know, we'd have a Japanese teacher that would come and I think it was probably just one lesson a week and, and teach us the basics. And then from secondary school, we could choose between French, German and Japanese. And, you know, back in the 80s, Japan was really booming. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, it was my parents who said, oh, you know, continue with Japanese. So I continued with Japanese right through and... Um, and then, you know, actually took it through university as well. Oh, wow. And, and then I guess when I graduated from university, the obvious thing to do was to go to Japan and and uh, try and improve my language ability. And um, so I arrived here back in the mid-'90s initially and I was teaching English um, for two years and mm. then... And then I, uh, I pursued the ski industry, so I was working um, in between Canada and New Zealand. But I met my future wife in the first season that I had in Canada, and um, and we continued our relationship. And uh, you know, three or four years after we met, we got married, and there I was, um, you know, living in. Uh, the big smoke of Tokyo back in the early two thousands. So, so you went all was, the way to pretty. Sorry. So you went all the way to Canada to meet a girl from Japan. 
yeah. it's it's funny how it works out that way. Was she involved uh, in the ski industry as well? Yeah, yeah, she was. All oh, um, right. Oh wow. Yeah. God, that's such a yeah. that's such a uh, it's such a a I was going to say a click kind of uh, existence that 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 ski, you know. Um, vibe i don't know how to how do i describe it without being without offending everyone should probably already have but you know what i mean like everyone seems to know everyone a little bit in that industry yeah i mean it's pretty small and uh, i i guess she'd been working in a bank in tokyo and uh um you know she was called an ol you know if if you're a, a female working in one of these big companies in japan you're still referred to as an ol and that's short for office lady. Oh, gosh. And, um, yeah. Even if you, you know, you might have a degree and you might be just as qualified as your colleagues, you're still, you're still kind of expected to make the tea or the coffee um, oh, for the others. But anyway, mm. um, she found the existence a little bit boring and um, thought, you know, because she'd always been a keen skier. So um, she headed off you know, started working in the ski industry. Yeah, and found you. As a, found, and what, what, so what, what was her impressions of you in the first instance? Because you're not a skippy like I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you're not a white Anglo-Saxon, <laughs> blonde-haired sort of yobbo type. You're, you're something else. You're a, you did ballet. Yeah, for yeah. Well, uh, just just to give your uh, listeners a bit of a background, I mean, my mother's Malaysian and father's English, so I'm of mixed heritage, Eurasian, as we we might say. And I have to so, tell this. I have to tell this story. We were coming home, and I hope you're not offended. We were coming home in that same HR Holden one night, one afternoon yeah. after school, and you were a bit down in the mouth. Right. I remember. And mum was a bit sensitive to it. And because we used to, you know, there's, a, I mean, I guess there were seatbelts. I can't recall, but we'd both be leaning on that, on that bench seat at the front, you know, just their arms hanging over going, yeah, what's up, mum? You know, traveling the a kilometer and a half home and uh, talking yeah. about it. But you were sitting back and you weren't into it. And then you, mum said, um, what's up, Charles? What's going on? And you said something along the lines of people having a go at you because of the you know the color of your skin essentially and that and you were maybe the only one of of uh, uh, other origin you know like an uh, ethnically informed in some way you know what i mean probably at school there might have been one other person possibly so you must have felt you know isolated at times i'm not too sure how how aware of it you were but you were a bit down in the mouth and um and you said to mum, yeah, that uh, you got picked on a bit because of, you know, the way you look. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I, I remember, remember I sat down next to you and I put my arm next to yours and you just said, it's, they're picking on because I'm black and or something like that. And I put my arm next to yours and I went, so you are. <laughs> <laughs> and for how many years we'd been together, I'd never noticed that we had different uh, yeah. skin colours. Which is right. which is a strange. It's I was gen, I remember that moment and I was genuinely surprised that yeah. maybe I was surprised that people felt the need to say something about it because I never perceived it that way. I never I never looked at. I was always I looked at you. I think I remember your eyes probably more than anything, because it was yeah. your eyes that sort of had that mischievous kind of let's let's get into this. You know, let's get into the gutter with our cars now. You know, let's do that now. And it'd be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's do that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I never bothered to like, uh, you know, I'm not going to remember your your fingernails, for instance. You know what I mean? I'm. Why should I remember your skin? Or why should I remember maybe your, your hair being sort of quite lively and and sort of standing up, you know, without it's without <laughs> without encouragement? Uh, I remember that. But you know, outside of that, so that was just such a strange concept for me that people would have a go at you tease yeah, you about yeah. that uh, i always felt yeah. like i was i was always a target for teasing you know no one some i don't know i never did anything i was just so yeah. below the radar but i'd always get the same bullies just going and i, I guess it's because i was an easy target i was pretty soft and 
But uh, yeah, yeah. That, so I understood a kind of bullying from my perspective, and and as a, as kids do, we have trouble maybe sometimes projecting that that same experience on onto others. But that you should be picked on for that reason just seemed very very strange to a very to a young Adam. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, I guess you you just saw me for you know you didn't look at the color of my skin or anything. I, I mean. You know, I guess kids are kind of like that. They see differences, if and especially if they don't know you, they may call you names. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I don't remember anyone else at Kui Primary who might have been of different heritage. I mean, no. you know, that was just Tasmania back in those days was very much white Anglo-Saxon, wasn't it? Oh, and, um, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're talking about a population of 400,000 people maybe back yeah. then. And now has it grown much more than that? It might be at 460,000 or something. Yeah. I, I have yeah. no idea. It would be worth Googling possibly. But, uh, you know, over the course of 40 years, it, yeah. it, it's a place that's never really going to change. I mean, I, I do a lot of stand-up comedy now and, and I, I'm telling my own Story, my own version of of a of a big world reality from the perspective of of the Tasmanian that I once was, because there was a, there's an innocence that it allows you to to um, you know to to utilise in that way, because you sort of you end up becoming a kind of provincial provocateur. You end up sort of looking, oh, there's a simpler way to live, and that's the beautiful thing about Tasmania. It, it did give you a, a simple a simple option in terms of you know living and and unfettered by any sort of, um, you know, selfie culture or, you know, like, likes and Instagrams and all that sort of stuff. I So I, I I very much am very grateful that I come from from a place that essentially almost doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. But you do have to remember that there's a lot of, uh, there's 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 the bad side as well, and, and some of what we've just talked about with with um, with feeling you know isolated and and there being not a lot of diversity in the community is one of those downsides. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, on that subject, there was a program on Japanese TV here, and um, what this TV crew would go out to these just random places around the world. And seek out these Japanese people that are living in these places. And so one of the programs was about a woman they were searching for living in Bernie, Tasmania. Oh my God. And um, so this Japanese woman had married a Tasmanian man. I don't know if he was from Bernie, but he was Tasmanian. And uh, so I guess he'd been stationed in, you know, Okinawa or somewhere in Japan mm. post-war. And so they got married and he'd taken her back to Tasmania and they lived in Bernie, uh, you know, from the late 40s, I think it was. And so there was this film crew and they landed in Tassie headed off to Bernie. And there they were, this Japanese film crew walking down main street oh filming and and the presenter kind of asking people uh do you know this um you know i can't remember her name miyuki you know shimura or something like that yeah yeah uh, and of course this was i mean she was you know a very elderly woman by that stage around 80 years of age and uh you know a lot of the the people were you know, friendly enough and polite and, and would just kind of say, no, no, I don't really don't know that. <laughs> but, the, but then they came, I, you know, I don't know how they found that there was this Japanese woman living there. Um, I guess they were tipped off, you know, somehow. Um, but anyway, they did find someone who knew of her and, and knew where she lived. And, and they basically went to her front door, knocked on the door and, there they were, you know, they yeah. this, this <laughs> Japanese woman who'd been living in Bernie since the late forties. And, uh, uh, you know, she, she, she took out her album and, you know, she was showing pictures of, of her, you know, in the fifties and the sixties and her and her husband, oh, and then she God. has a baby. And, um, so she introduced, uh, her son, 
think she only had one son, um, to the TV program and, and he featured, you know, for five or ten minutes. And, um, you know, apparently he had it quite tough, you know, growing up in the what would have been uh, mid, mid-50s or late-50s you know, in Bernie, Tasmania and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, being half Japanese and, you know, I, I guess back then too, you know, there was that generation who were um, very against Japanese from what had happened during the war, I guess, uh, you know, the Burma Railroad and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah. Anyway, I watched this with my wife, and um, <laughs> that must have been a weird. At the end, I said, uh, "Yeah, so how about we move back to Tasmania?" To <laughs> <laughs> and she she just looked at me and said nothing, which basically uh... means in Japanese she wasn't into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, you know, you can take the boy out of. Tasmania, but you can't take the you, know, you can't take the Tasmanian out of the out of the boy. So you're probably always going to have these uh, these urges to want to go back. And I still have that urge myself. I wouldn't mind having a little trip down Bass Highway. I know they cut up a bunch of it <laughs> because they wanted they had to expand the, the railway line, uh, which yeah. which was desperate in need of of um, rectifying. And yeah. uh, especially, it wasn't long after that big that big pine tree blew down on the, on the main on the main road. I don't know if you remember that. You, you yeah. might not have been around at that point. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, my early memories of Bernie, and you know, because I've been back since then. Well, you um, have. I, I have, yeah, because um, you know the parents split up. Um, you know, I think you you know that dad moved to Africa. Yeah, that's right. I remember split that. Up. Um, and so mum moved to Melbourne. Yeah. And uh, so dad was still abroad. But my grandparents were living in um, Bridport, you know, oh, northeast right. Tasmania. And so I would go back each year to stay with him in Bridport. And that's where we'd have our family Christmases. Beautiful. Um, and occasionally, you know, we we went back to Bernie, and uh, I, I distinctly remember one occasion driving past Turak Court, uh, and it was obvious that you guys had moved on. I think because you know there wasn't the classic car there, and there, there was, you had a boat at one time, didn't you? Yeah. There, there wasn't the yeah. boat there. Um, <laughs> God. But yeah, I mean, remember Bernie back in those days? We, you know, there weren't many houses that didn't have sea views. There was the the reddish seawater from the uh, from the pulp mill. Remember that? Oh, I remember all that absolutely. Yeah, you would. Um, yeah, you would get the foam on the on the on the tide, and and it was uh, more or less quite. Um, toxic really i mean yeah it yeah. i don't know none of it looked particularly good there's quite a few and i expect they would have gone to kui kui primary school as well but there's quite a few that went on to the pulp mill after right. high school from from bernie high and that that was that was a, a pathway for many uh, kids for some reason i mean my father at the time he wanted me to go into a, an apprenticeship in into a bernie mechanics and just you know yeah. not 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 bother about uni and uh yeah. you know as it, as it is i went on and became a teacher and and many other things in the process as well but uh so yeah it's it's um a place that uh you you're not going to it's, it's not not noteworthy with the exception of the of the big ticket industry things and you wouldn't expect it to be a kind of high density sort of place and back back in the day, it certainly wasn't. You know, you drive past Turak Court and you look up the. It'd be the one street where you'd think, oh, it's those houses are. You know, it's it's they're a little bit more. Um, I don't know, designed maybe or something. But there was nothing outstanding about it necessarily, and and a lot of Bernie felt like that because it was more like opportunities. You know, people build houses because they just look like a. And, you know they were positioned relative to the water, but I remember the 
I think up on top of the hill where from us, it was just all farmland where Mr. Clark owned all that farmland up there. But I think it's all houses now. Right. And, and where, his, where he had his house is now yeah. the hospital. And so, right. you know, if you go up and you have a good look around, you would, uh, yeah, I would expect to be uh, quite surprised by how much it's changed, I'm sure. But the, going and driving along that coastline, I, I think much of it's, um, yeah, would be still the same, I would think. Yeah, well, I mean, I I relived the uh, the walk that we did from Kui Primary <laughs> oh, back okay. to Turak Court uh, via Google Maps, uh. and uh, and so you know you could walk up the street, you know, with all the photos that they've got um, on street map, I guess. Oh, okay. And your house looks the same. Yes. It, it, Looks the same. It, uh, yeah. you know, if you'd stick one, uh, you know, Holden, a classic Holden, <laughs> uh, it could be exactly the same. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, I mean, Tasmania. You know, people ask me where I'm from because I've, you know, I I work in the ski industry, ski guiding industry here in Hokkaido, and I meet people from all around the world and they always ask where I'm from and I say I'm from Tasmania. And they know what uh, you're talking about? They do. And a lot of people are actually like, oh, I really, really want to go to Tasmania. They, um, tourists love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of these places where there's still a lot of nature around, I guess, you know. And it's, um, it's sort of got the end of the world feel about it. It's like, you know, the third island in New Zealand. It's it's sort of uh, <laughs> yeah. here, hereafter there there be dragons, you know. The ne next stop is Macquarie Island and, and you are outnumbered by penguins. Yeah, yeah. So otherwise you're on the, you're on the, what happened on that show, the, the Iron Throne show, you know, you're down there with the, with the walking frozen people. So like that's it's that's it. You've you've got to the end of the world. You fall, yeah, off, fall off the yeah. map. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Tasmania is still very much in my heart, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah, so. I I feel I feel the connection still, and I, I suppose for a long time I've sort of denied that and and tried to kind of be a be a mainlander. Um, but I don't think you. I don't think you can do it. I just. I just don't think you. You're born in main. Born on the mainland, or you, and you've lived there in those critical years. Yeah, then you have a claim. But I. I didn't do that, you know. And neither did you. We. Yeah. We've got that something about us that means you know, and it. It is. I think something worth holding on to, if you can filter out some of the, small-mindedness, which I don't think yeah. I'm offending yeah. anyone by by saying that. Yeah, uh, and 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 treasure the the specialness, uh, you know, because of the, the the isolation, because of the the community feel, and because of the because of the um, the innocence was protected to yeah. a certain extent, and that's how I remember our, our relationship. We, there was wasn't yeah. any wasn't informed by any any sense of 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 um, competition or greed or or. Uh, a need to, you know, be exercising egos and and stuff like that, and and that's how I want to. I like I like going back and being the boy that I was then, in my yeah, head. Yeah. You know, it feels relaxed yeah. and free and just fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I remember my mother going to Melbourne, and she still had uh, the number plate. You know the Apple Isle, remember yeah. the, the number plates? Yeah. It, was, it was a blue, blue and white. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I think the Victorian number plates were green and white, so she kind of stood out. And uh, it, she was a novelty, you know. Oh, you're from Tasmania. Yeah, it is a novelty. Even even now, when I see a number plate from Tasmania, I, I, I tell myself <laughs> that is rare. That is rare. Yeah. There is still no more, really. There's there's been no boom in population growth in Tasmania. Like yeah. it's still pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to say thank you very much for, for coming on and sharing sharing all that. 
with me. Uh, nice, lovely trip down Amnesia Lane. And don't go anywhere. I'm just going to finish the podcast part now. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, thanks um, for having me on. It's been uh, it's been a blast. And thanks it's, everyone. It's, What's that? Oh, it's uh, you know real novelty to have a. Um, uh, to have a reunion by podcast, I don't think if you if you'd said to us as children, oh, you know, you're not going to meet for forty years, um, <laughs> but when you do meet again, you won't meet. You'll actually be speaking by podcast, and uh, it'll be broadcast <laughs> to lots of people. And we probably would have looked at each other and said, podcast. What the hell's a podcast? That's true. That's so true. We probably would have thought of it as being some sort of. Meccano Lego hybrid and gone ahead and, and made it. So in our in our imaginations, a, a podcast is a three dimensional thing, but in this instance, not so much. What it is, it's a thing that you can plug into your head, folks, and and relive again. This has been a genuine reunion. Uh, prior to this podcast starting, that we'd only share share ten or so words together, and then I hit record and, and threw Charles in the deep end. So. And once again, thanks very much for tuning in and thanks very much, Charles, for being a part of it, mate. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. There's a special guest joining me every week, folks, helping me to nut out the new normal. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.